Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. News Talk 830 WCCO. My life today, much happier than before the new year. That's because before the new year, I have no idea what the hell Christmas is doing there. Before the new year, the Minnesota Timberwolves had a six-game losing streak, and now currently they have a four-game winning streak. And so not only is my life a lot more fun and happy watching a team that's uh, playing much better basketball, but it's got to be better as well for my my guy, John Krasinski from The Athletic. He's joining us here on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Uh, Johnny K., how you doing? What's up, HLA? Yeah, it is a little bit uh, easier, I will say. Whether it's better or not, I don't know. But certainly when a team is winning, when they're playing well, when the vibes are going, it's just easier to be around these guys. It's easier to be around the coaches and and things like that. And so um, in that way, uh, it's definitely been an improvement because that six-game skid, it was pretty dire and pretty down. And now things are picking up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And look, me and you are at the uh, at Target Center, and we're taking in the games. It's just better to have the fans engaged and having them feeling good about something because, look, we know that it's not perfect. We know that this team is not still playing to the uh, to the level that we expected going into the season. But at the end of the day, you don't want fans checking out early on in the year when you're 16 and 21. You got uh, plenty of basketball to uh, left to be played. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that obviously, you know, a lot of fans are were very worried about the Go Bear trade. How could their team give up this much for a guy who is really struggling? Uh, what the heck is going to go on here, and how are they going to fix it? And so, just optically, from the last four games, and really, I think it was even starting a little bit before then. But just to see Go Bear throwing down some donks. Uh, you know, swatting some shots, playing better, putting up some numbers. I think, you know, they could win several ways, but to see him being at the center of it and being effective and and really impactful, I think gives the fans at least a little chance to catch their breath and maybe not be so down about the potential of the future. Like you said, who knows where this is going how it, uh, you know, what's going to happen in the long haul. But Gobert is playing better right now. They're playing better around him. And so there's at least some sort of hope that, hey, maybe this thing can be salvaged and can 
can be turned around. And I think a lot of fans a little bit earlier, you know, certainly before the new year, were thinking that this was a complete failure and there's no way out of it. Yeah, no question about it. John, what do you think has clicked here for um, for Rudy? Because clearly they're getting more comfortable on how to try to find him and how to get him to basketball and him just kind of blending in with the, with the guys that are that are back with the uh, with the team, you know, whether it's Torian Prince and Cal Anderson, finding ways to get him to basketball. But what do you think it's clicking for him? Yeah, there's a couple of things, uh, H. Lake. I think that, you know, you were hitting on it a little bit, but I think really the most important thing and, and the biggest factor right now is that he is playing more minutes with smart veteran players around him. Kyle Anderson, getting Torian Prince back was huge uh, for Rudy Gobert because if you talk to people who have played with Rudy, he is not, like you look at Donovan Mitchell and what he's doing in Cleveland, he can jump in anywhere and just start scoring. And you kind of figure out how to play around that. Rudy is a much more nuanced player. And so he needs smart players around him to know how to make rotations on defense, to know when to help, when not to help, to know how to throw him a lob um, off of a pick and roll and, and get it to him where he can catch it and do some damage with it. And I think that both Prince and Kyle Anderson are smart veteran guys who know how to play around him. And you're also seeing now Jaden McDaniels is getting more comfortable playing around him and throwing him passes and, and hitting him on a couple of lobs. And so the more reps that they've gotten together, it's been good. And so I think that he's just in a spot now where many of the players that he is being surrounded with on the court are finally figuring out where he likes the ball, where he's going to be, where he's not going to be, and adjusting to that. And so that makes Rudy more comfortable. That makes him a little bit easier to be aggressive offensively and aggressive defensively. And that's making a huge difference for this team. He's just playing with a lot more force. He was so tentative early in the season while he was adjusting to these new teammates, to this new system, to these new coaches. And I think there's the familiarity is starting to pay some dividends here. Talking to John Krasinski from The Athletic, a senior writer for The Athletic, covering the Wolves, the NBA, and the Minnesota Vikings. He's joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, give him a follow. Just look up his name, John Krasinski, on Twitter. All right, so we mentioned Torian Prince. Torian Prince has been nothing but a shot in the arm for this organization here for the last, what, week or so that he's been back. But, um, I don't know how the fans feel about Torian Prince, but, man, when I'm sitting there and I'm watching the games, when he comes to that basketball game, I know what he's going to bring. He's going to bring toughness. He's going to uh, bring some shot-making ability. And he's also going to be a guy that's going to display at times some athleticism that a lot of people maybe look at him and they don't expect him to have at this particular point in his career. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think one of the big parts of that athleticism is he gets out and runs in transition, and he forces the issue. And I think that – Sometimes without him, without that guy who's going to initiate and get out and run, um, it's hard for the Timberwolves offense to get going in that fact in that fashion. And he's been big in getting them out. He finishes in transition very well. And when he takes a shot from three, Lake, I think it's going in. And you can't say that about many of the shooters on this team right now. Uh, I, he's very reliable from out there. He spaces the floor. He can guard multiple positions. And, you know, earlier, let's say in December, when things were not going well, you know, we're, I, I do believe that people underestimated 
what not having Torian Prince, what not having Jordan McLaughlin, and certainly what not having Carl Anthony Towns has been was doing to that operation. I mean, McLaughlin and Prince are such glue guys. They are smart players who get in, run the system, know their responsibilities, do not make mental errors, and just kind of keep the machine running. And so to get Prince back, it's no, it's, it's not a coincidence that they've won all three games that he has played. And, you know, when you look at the, the, the advanced metrics of, of Rudy with Prince and Anderson, they're like plus 44 in 27 minutes. They're playing very, very well together. And it's just been to get a smart veteran guy in there. It's been huge for this team. What, what, what level of, I guess, um, talent, do you believe, resides in the body of Jaden McDaniels? And I ask you that question specifically because I, I'm a fan. I've been a fan from day one. Um, if we did a redraft, clearly Jaden McDaniels is going to be one of, the, one of the higher picks in the NBA draft. But I feel like there's still some fans that are looking at him and they're saying, I'm not sure that he's the guy that everybody's talking about. I think that he's, that he's being a little bit overhyped. I don't think that there's any overhyping what Jay McDaniels does because you got to look beyond the box score and look at actually how he defends and all the things that make up Jay McDaniels. I think he's the perfect teammate. I think there's so many things to love about Jay McDaniels. How do you view him as a basketball player? Yeah, I think he's one of the core players here going forward, and he needs to be. Like That's how important I think he is to what this, what this team can be eventually and when you look at the way that he guards some of the best players in the league James Harden Luka Doncic um John Morant even like he makes it as hard on those superstar players who you can't stop there no one stops them but he makes them work as much as any other defender that they face just with his length with his ability to move all of those things and you're right like Ant has all of the highlights, right? He makes the big setback threes and gets to the lane for these crazy layups and stuff, and he's great. Um, but Jaden does things, the quiet things, um, that that really affect winning, guarding on the perimeter, um, moving without the basketball. He's really good at that in the, in the half court and helping that way. He's a smart player, and, and I really think that one thing that goes unnoticed about Jaden McDaniels is I think he's the most competitive player on that team. Uh, you saw it last night in Houston when they're down 20. Jaden McDaniels was the one who you could feel starting to grab rebounds, starting to really get into people's grill defensively, get out and score. And he was the one who kind of set the tone for that comeback. And that and the rest of the team followed him. And he's just so darn competitive um, that he, you know, it, it, he's not going to yell and scream or anything like that. But he's really important for what they do. And I think the sky is the limit for him offensively going forward. I think you'll see him eventually show more of a bag, shoot the ball. He's shooting the ball great from three. So he absolutely is one of like the three most important players on this team over the next five years, for sure. And, and, and Jaden, the thing I love about Jaden too, is he's got a mean streak and people just don't, people just don't know it because he's so damn quiet, right? Like, like I've had conversations with him just kind of like away from, away from the games, and, and I'm like, man, this dude, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a killer. He's got that dog in him, right? But that's just not how we kind of like he puts himself out there. He's the type of dude that – put it like this. If there was a scrum and there was some guys that's about to be about that action on the basketball court, oh, I'm putting Jaden right near the top of the list for the Wolves. 
100% like, I mean, he is not. So you look at, like, let's say the Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks, or let's Patrick Beverly. Everyone knows Patrick Beverly, right? Yep. And how, like, demonstrative he is and how much it's a, it's a growling, it's a woofing, it's a, it's a, I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house down. Jaden doesn't huff and he doesn't puff. He just blows the house down. <laughs> exactly. That's what he does. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you talk to all of his teammates. He's a funny guy. He's super quiet, but he sneaks in these little one-liners. But the, my favorite thing, Lake, is to watch him. He'll get uh, caught maybe in a defensive spot where, where he isn't supposed to be. He gets frustrated. He makes a frustration foul. And then the guy will go to the line and he'll walk right by him and say a little something under his breath. And it's real trash talk, like yeah. not, not light stuff. And that's what Jaden McDaniels is. He's ultra competitive. He does have a mean streak. He's just not one that wears his heart on his sleeve. He's, he's sneakier with it. Yeah, I'm totally with you, man. All right, the last thing, and then we'll let you go. This Wednesday, they're on the road against Detroit. I feel like this, this particular game, um, might be a little extra for the Wolves. And the reason why I say this is because, look, you know right when they had that, what, six-game losing streak, that that Detroit game on uh, on New Year's Eve, that was just – there were so many people that were down and out about that game and hated everything about that, and they blew a big lead and ended up losing by double figures. The reality is they go into Detroit, they win that basketball game, they're sitting at 500 again with a record of 21-21, and 21, and they're feeling good about themselves – and they've avenged a really bad loss. Yeah, I really want to see how they come out because the, the, one of the biggest weaknesses of this team has been a, 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 a kind of propensity to be nonchalant against the teams that are quote-unquote struggling. And it sounds stupid that they shouldn't take any team for granted in this league, not with the record that the Wolves have, but they do. They did it with Houston last night, and they got lucky because Houston is terrible. Um but uh, that's what they did against Detroit at home uh, just right before uh, New Year's, and that was rock bottom for them. That was absolutely rock bottom. It couldn't have gotten much worse, and that one stung them. And I was talking to Anthony Edwards uh, after the Clippers game, and he was kind of you know talking about the games that were coming up, and he said, oh, Detroit, we got to get them back. So let's see if they come out with force on Wednesday night. Let's see if they take it seriously and really try to send a message that they're coming around and that this is a different kind of Wolves team because they this team does have a knack for getting out there and sleepwalking against lesser teams. And so um, if they do come out and really stomp on their throat right away, then you're going to, I think, feel really good coming back home, Phoenix. Then you're crawling back into, like, the sixth seed. Like, they're, they're a half a game behind the sixth seed right now. They're one and a half back of the five seed. It's all right there for them. They just got to go get it now. Yep. Uh, Give them a follow on Twitter. It is John Krasinski, senior writer for The Athletic, joining us here on The Lake Show. Hey, Johnny K, man, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Lake. All right, take care. That's John Krasinski joining us here on The Good Neighbor. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We got some scoring going on in this national championship game. We'll do a scoreboard. That's next. On the Lake Show. All right, thanks again to John Krasinski for being on the show. Ahmad Hicks as well. We're not done. we still got uh, 90 minutes left. But it is championship night. The national championship for the college football playoffs. So let's uh, 
Let's get to a scoreboard here and see what's uh, happening in that game as well as other things going on in the world of sports tonight. Probably a light night overall. Yeah, in terms of collegiately, this is pretty much the only thing that's on the docket. And I mean, but even professionally, is there a ton of stuff going on? There's a little bit more. Okay. There, yeah, there's a little bit more going on in the NBA and uh, three games in the NH, four games in the NHL, three are underway. We'll get to that uh, here in just a minute. You mentioned that the uh, college football, the national championship, going on right now in Los Angeles. Which, by the way, it started basically like five thirty their time, which makes no sense. But in what? In where? Los Angeles started five thirty. No, L- L.A. Yeah, it started six thirty here. Okay, four thirty. Well, still, it's still like late afternoon. Yeah, but for that, I mean, hey, yeah, it's it's weird timing. Yes. It's it's weird, but it's for TV. Yeah, and, and, and they're that, used to it, and that's just it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the interest in we're LA not crying is, for them. No, believe me, I'm not crying for, for the people in New York City. They've been screwed over many times over before. Uh, you know, New York, they got the Yankees. They're fine. New York. <laughs> They may not have Carlos Correa yet, but they've got the Yankees. Hey, at the uh, end of the first, you and I were kind of talking about this off-air when it got started. You said, what, Georgia's a 13-point uh, favorite, 14-point favorite? 14. 14? It, it, it finished at 14. Well, right now at the end of the first quarter, TCU with the ball, but the Bulldogs up 17-7. to And uh, right now the uh, TCU, they've got a third and 17 at their own 42-yard line. When the uh, second quarter gets underway, uh, McConkey, wide receiver for Georgia, pretty good first quarter so far. Four receptions, seventy-four yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Bennett seven for eight, one eleven, and that touchdown to uh, McConkey. That's the scoring right now for Georgia and TCU. And for all intents and purposes, it, it looks like Georgia's going to go to fifteen and zero. I mean, barring something. How do real, you know? Real good. I, I would. Love, you don't know. Uh, no, I would love. I would. Are love you counting to- TCU out? No. Then don't do it. But I'm saying... Don't I, do it. I'm just saying I don't like their odds. I like the Giants' odds against the Vikings better than I like TCU's odds against the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, I mean, that's not saying much. But I'm giving them a chance. Maybe not much, but I'm giving them a chance. Wow, what a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm just trying to live in a reality like I'm in, I'm in reality. Hey, let's get to the, uh, to the NBA. Nine and a half minutes left to go in the third quarter. The Pelicans up on the Wizards, 70 to 67. CJ McCollum, a game high 24 points for the Pelicans. Uh, Celtics up on the Bulls, 57 to 50. One mm-hmm. minute left to go in the first half there. Jason Tatum, 16 points, six boards for the Seas. DeMar DeRozan, 11 points for the Bulls. 45 39, the Knickerbockers leading the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Jalen Brunson, 18 points. That's been a nice signing. For the New York Knicks and uh, really helped that backcourt. And I think Dallas, they, they miss Jalen Brunson, I think, uh, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. You, know. you think? They, have, they probably do. <laughs> the uh, Memphis Grizzlies right now up on the Spurs, 25-18. Uh, Steven Adams, six boards in that game for the Grizz. Coming up a little bit later on, the Lakers are going to be without LeBron James as they've actually got the second longest winning streak in the Western Conference. I believe they've won six in a row. But the uh, Lakers right now, uh, they are going to be taking on the Nuggets in a half hour in Denver. Hmm. And the Magic and the Kings, uh, that is in Sacktown at 9 o'clock tonight. I got to three games in the NHL. All three of them shut out so far. Flyers uh, shutting out the Sabres three to nothing. 
Two and a half minutes left to go in the second period. The Seattle Kraken blanking Montreal at the end of the first intermission, three to nothing. The Smashville Predators over Ottawa, two nothing. And the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. Connor McDavid's and the Kevin Fiala is going to play a little bit later on, 9.30 tonight at uh, Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. So a national championship game, just be done by then. They can make their way over to, you know. Fiala's been pretty good. Fiala, oh, Fiala's been great for them. Like, I think he leads them in scoring, and, I mean, the the Wild were handcuffed. I mean, they, they had to make some moves. You have to alleviate Well, I'm that, not mad. That cap hit. No, it, it's... I mean, what do you do? I, yeah, I'm happy to see him succeeding in L.A. Because yep. he's, by all you know, intents and purposes, seems like a good dude, good player. So, hey, you know, Kevin Fiala, keep doing your thing out there. Yeah, I got uh, 13 goals, 29 assists, 42 points in, what do you got, uh, 43 games? So, pretty good. About a, about a point a game. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. All right, that's going to wrap up the scoreboard. Coming up next, the trash talking is already taking place with the New York Giants. We discuss it next on The Lake Show. All right, back with you here on The Lake Show. Uh, this, This game, this national championship game might get out of hand here real soon. Georgia's looking to put another touchdown on the board. They're already up 10, 17 to 7 in the second quarter. But it is the week of the playoffs in the National Football League. And we'll talk about some other NFL items in the final hour of the show, but our focus is on the New York Giants. The New York Giants who so many, and just like that, Georgia scores touchdown. Um, The New York Giants, an organization that I think should get a lot more respect than what they're getting because of the year that they've had. Going into this year, nobody thought much of the New York Giants. People looked and said, okay, Dayball, he's a rookie coach. Not sure how that's going to play out. We're not sure where we're at with the the return of Saquon Barkley because he's been injured. Daniel Jones did not get the extension from the organization, Mm -hmm. so we don't know what people think that he is going to do you don't have any number one or true like number two wideouts. You've got um, a decent defense, but it's not elite. So I don't think that a lot of people looked and thought much of the Giants. And I think that even in this particular moment, at 9-7-1, there are a lot of people still that want to disrespect the Giants. I'm not going to do that. This is a tough group. This is a tough team. They've, they came here over a month ago. And they fought hard and just missed knocking off the Vikings. It took a 61-yard field goal by Greg Joseph for the Vikings to leave and exit their own stadium with the victory. So this is one of those deals where I'm not calling it a pick game because I do think that the Vikings should be favored and they will stay favored the entire week. But all I'm saying is, is let's not disrespect the New York Giants at all. No, I I think you look at that division, and you can say they're battle-tested because they've got three teams in the playoffs. Um, whether or not you like what's going on with the Cowboys, Cowboys kicked the crap out of the Vikings here. And the Philadelphia Eagles did the same. And if, you, if you're if you looking at the New York Giants thinking, well, I, I'm, 
I love this matchup if I'm a Viking fan. You got to slow your roll because if you look at what happened that last game, nothing favored the Vikings. The Giants had almost 100 yards more total offense. Daniel Jones had more passing yards than Kirk Cousins. They had more rushing yards than the Vikings did. All of the numbers in that game, sans penalties, favored the New York Giants. And what I think one thing about the Vikings matchup defensively with this Giants offense, they don't have any of these superstar wide receivers. But the way that that offense is built and those receivers run their routes, that is a way that's going to give this bend but don't break defense fixed. Because they had, I, I'm going back, and I mean, looking at that game, it kind of reminded me of that 98 championship game with the Atlanta Falcons in overtime. And what I mean by that is when they needed six yards, they got seven. They needed nine yards, they got ten. They needed four, they got five. The, the, I'm just going to point these out like quick. Richie James, eight catches, 90 yards, average 11 per catch. Isaiah Hodgins, eight catches, 89 yards, 11 per catch and a score. Darius Slayton, four catches, 79 yards, almost 20 per catch. Daniel Bellinger, the tight end, coming back from a serious eye injury. Two catches, 27 yards, 14 and a half. Saquon had eight. So this offense, the way that it's constructed, can absolutely beat the Vikings on Saturday or well, Sunday. Some people think that this is a form of disrespect, and I'm not sure if it is or not. Um, we can't debate it. But offensive lineman from the New York Giants, Nick Gates, um, he said that he wasn't blown away by the atmosphere at U.S. Bank Stadium. says, quote, surprised. Actually, I thought it'd be a lot louder. I thought especially when our offense is out there that they would be a lot louder out there. But, you know, they're Midwest people. They're too nice. I can say it because I went to Nebraska. I went to Nebraska. I include myself in that one. Oh, man. Ooh. Well, there you go. I mean, if you played football in Lincoln, there you go. Hey, it is Minnesota nice. It, it is, but that game was also on Christmas Eve day. There was really crummy weather. Like, that stadium, you want loud? He's basically saying. Well, hold on. Was it less people in the stadium that day, or was it a full stadium? Because what does what does the weather have to do with if it's a full stadium or not? Well, I, the the stadium to me was not as full as I've seen it. Okay, but at the same time, like I don't think people were. It wasn't one of those games. It wasn't the loudest that I've ever heard it, but I've certainly heard it louder. But if you're challenging, if what, what's his, what's this guy's name, Mark Bavaro? Oh, Nick no. Gates. Nick Gates. Well, I mean, I'm going to say it's Mark Bavaro because that's the only old giant I know. If you're going to say that you don't think U.S. Bank Stadium is loud, oh, dude, Sunday's going to be rough for you. Is it really loud, though? Is it really loud? Yes. Compared to what? Huh? It ain't louder than Arrowhead. It's no, not louder it, than Seattle. No, I, I think in terms of, I mean, my ears have been ringing. When I've, when I've left that stadium, like, my ears are ringing. And I'm not trying to disrespect U.S. Bank Stadium, but let me be clear about this. I've said this before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's that great of a stadium. It's okay. It, it, I, look, it's massive, Uh huh. but massive doesn't make a great stadium. 
why why don't you feel it's a great stadium? I think it's too big, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. It, it does. It doesn't. Um. And I'm not expecting a new stadium to have any sort of like because it's new. It's not going to have yeah. any um real character to it, right? Like, like you kind of grow into that a little bit. It's about capacity. It's about suites. Yeah, not, but they, they, these stadiums are not built for the average fan. These are built for the corporate, you know, fat cats. Yeah, but you can, you can, you can, you can have, you can, you can have a big stadium, and it be something that there's something to it. You can, like, you can feel it. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think it's as loud as what the dome got. To me, like the the dome. Oh, I'm not even talking about just loud. I'm yeah. just talking about just You're in general, talking, like the experience. I'm like, yeah. mm. I'm, I'm I'm just being honest, yeah. man. But I, I've went as a fan. Yeah. I've been in the, in the press box several times. I, I'm just kind of like, mm. right. But, but then again, when you're building this stadium, like you want the fan experience for people that are going there to experience watching their team, you know, watching something special. As a member of the media, yeah, you've been to dozens of stadiums and, and events. And, I mean, you have a larger base to pull from. I, I mean, I've got a large base, but I don't think that I've got what you have. I, I will say that Arrowhead, to me, might be the most intimidating place that I've been in terms of just, like, when it gets loud and the they're whole, right on you. And the whole stadium shakes. Like, I've never felt that anywhere else other than Arrowhead. But for um, this guy to... Nick Gage? Nick Gage, yes, thank you. Nick Gage to say that he didn't think it was loud. Come Sunday, it's going to be loud. And guess I mean, People are going to... I just don't know why you say something like this. It yeah, I don't kinda, get it either. It, it just seems ridiculous. Okay, you think it's going to be fun? All you're doing is you're putting in, you're adding to that disrespect stew that Vikings fans are already feeling. I mean, fans are already feeling like you know we're we're not given a shot, right? We're we're underdogs. We're you know we're we're never going to be considered a top flight team and then you got some yahoo from lincoln nebraska coming in saying well it's not really that intimidating people are like well it's intimidating yeah. i'm telling you it's it's going to be loud and i really hope he commits a false start yeah we'll see we'll i really see. hope so i'm going to i'm going to have to do my uh, i'm going to google him up and find out what um brian gage nick i don't even know all right We'll uh, get back to a little bit more NFL conversation, but coming up next, it's time for headlines. That's next year on the Lake Show. All righty, it's time for headlines. Let's see what Christopher Tubbs has up his sleeve on this uh, this Monday night to get us started this week. All right, let's get to it, H. Lake. Hey, when uh, you know, with the voting issues front and center for lawmakers, Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon laid out his priorities for the legislative session earlier today. Some of those priorities include restoration of rights for those who have been convicted of a felony, election worker protections and pre-registration of 16- and 17-year-olds. It also includes automatic voter registration. Simon said it's all about access and security. Now, election safety and security of Minnesota's election system were among the top issues discussed in November's Secretary of State, with Simon fending off accusations by Kim Crockett that there were fraud during the 2020 election and calling for election reforms. 
Simon has said he wants to create more access for voters in Minnesota, even as the state regularly has some of the highest voter turnouts in the country. Hmm. I'm pretty impressed with what we do here as a state. I really do. I think that we do a pretty good job. Yeah. And I think that those that have been in charge have done a damn good job here um, in the great state of Minnesota. Yeah, it, it's it's not as bad as what some people made it out to be. Let's say that. Hey, when thinking of animals that offer emotional support, you think about cats or dogs. But one person going through TSA screening in Tampa preferred a uh, more scaly companion. The Transportation Security Administration at Tampa International Airport shared on social media that it was given quite the surprise last month when security screeners, well, what do you think? Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Damn. Everybody strap in! Yes, apparently wow. there is a woman who had an emotional support boa constrictor. And the x-ray scan showed that the woman showed it as an emotional support pet, and it could be seen curled up inside the luggage, according to a spokesperson. Now, now, some pets are allowed on flights. TSA checked with the woman's airline. Bad news for the steak. It was not allowed on the flight while loose in the suitcase. She's just tripping. So uh, no snakes on the plane. Come on now. Yeah. She's just tripping. I mean, I, I give her crazy. Give her credit for what? You gotta, hey, you gotta shoot your shot, right? <laughs> Try and get a snake. How are you gonna get a snake through X? You know what? Never mind. Hey, uh, former WWE chief executive Vince McMahon's returning to the company as a board member after a six month hiatus following a hush money and sexual harassment scandal. WWE on Friday confirmed his return, also announcing in a press release it intends to undertake a review of its strategic alternatives with the goal being to maximize value for all WWE shareholders. Basically, he's coming back, not going to have any other input other than looking to sell the company. And by the way, shares went up, I believe, uh, 17% higher after the announcement. So Vince is just coming back to make some money, and then he's out. Thankfully, the product will not change because it's been getting better. What? He just thinks he can just do whatever he wants, huh? Yes. Yeah, he thinks... He thinks he can because he's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I hate people like that. Yeah. Yep. He uh, and and believe me, there are a lot of fans out there that are not real happy with him coming back. And by the way, I love the relationship between uh, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds uh, could be nominated for a, uh, I believe, for an Academy Award for uh, something that he had in Spirited. And uh, Hugh Jackman's like, no, don't do that because he'll make my life a living hell. All right, coming up next, Minnesota Vikings fans, be honest. Were you guys rooting hard for the Detroit Lions or were NFL fans doing that or was it just because you wanted to root against the Packers? We get to it next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 